You're listening to Social Media Unlocked, episode number three. I think one of the biggest things that brands are looking for right now is engagement and community. My biggest thing is just making people feel more comfortable and confident in their natural hair and what that looks like. It's time we had an honest conversation about social media. This is Heather Pink, your host of Social Media Unlocked. After spending years producing TV and running social media for the NFL, I started my own social media consulting agency. And well, I want to talk and teach more about social media. Through each podcast, I hope to bring you a new perspective on social media through influencers, brands, content creators, and more. So that way it can help you with your personal brand, your brand's content, collaborations, and well, just being more knowledgeable about social media. Throughout this podcast, you'll be hearing from a lot of influencers and you'll be hearing a lot of different ways people are doing influencer marketing. If you haven't heard, it's a huge part of social media right now. What you might not know is that now companies have dedicated people or entire teams to manage and create relationships with influencers. Data companies have special search engines designed to help find niche influencers that actually influence people's actions. Like my next guest, Amina Marie. Amina is an influencer in the natural hair space who's had brand collaborations with the likes of Nordstrom, Sephora, and other major hair brands. She's also an influencer that's built an organic community. And that can be really hard to come by these days. So if you're looking to build a personal brand, I'd suggest taking notes as she goes into how she got to be the influencer she is today in our interview. All right, I've got at Amina Marie, natural hair expert, a member of the Women's Empower Movement. You can also find her um, on Instagram, Amina Marie, YouTube, Amina Marie, and also at www.aminamarie.com. There we go. <laughs> well, thank, fun. thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Tell me a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are right now. Yeah, so um, I started my like social media journey back in, it really started back in 2015. Um, so I was in the corporate workforce and just had started experimenting with wanting to embrace my natural hair. Um, I was on a work trip actually and (laughs) discovered um, after having like a little beach day, just a little tiny curl. And I had been really discouraged for a while. It felt like my hair was like getting shorter and it was super damaged. And I was like, during this trip while I'm away, I'm just going to experiment with like not straightening my hair and just try to like embrace whatever natural hair that I have. And it was a super struggle and it made me decide that I wanted to really dedicate my time to figuring out how to restore my hair's health pretty much. Um, So I started experimenting with some different hairstyles. Some of my friends were like, oh, your hair looks like it's kind of getting longer, doing like a different thing. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, So I started just posting some pictures of different hairstyles that I was doing and then doing some of like the hashtags on Instagram, which still felt like it was fairly new at the time. Like I, I didn't really know. Much this about is it four, anyway. this is four years ago and four years yeah. is a long time on um, social media. Yeah, it really, really is. Um, so then more people just started finding me and they were like, Oh, what, like, how do you even use those flexi rod things or how are you getting this? Mm-hmm. And so, um, also at the time when I was working, I was, I had a little bit more free time than I was used to. So I was like, okay, well let me at least like start a website, a blog, didn't really know what it was going to be about. But as these questions started coming in, I was like, oh, this seems to be something people are interested in. So let me do my homework and kind of start putting my trial and error online. And then when I'm ready to actually like release this thing out into the interwebs, I'll do it. Yeah. 
And so the beginning of 2016 is when I put the website out, like not really knowing what it was going to turn into, but it was aminamarie.com. And then that's when sort of video requests started coming in, YouTube started entering into the picture, and that's really how all of this kind of got started. All about the hair. I mean, one of the reasons why I know that I wanted to have you on is because, let's say, um, I tell a lot of people these days that Instagram is also being used as like a search engine, right? Yeah, absolutely. You walk into the room or you come in contact with a new brand, and the first thing I'm doing is I'm looking them up on Instagram. Maybe my mom is asking my dad or Googling it, if you were just to look at your page, you've worked with Nordstrom, Sephora, Aussie Hair. How is it that you're able to establish some of the relationships that you have with some of these bigger brands? Like you say Nordstrom, like, oh my gosh, like what Malayango's dream is to work with Nordstrom. I have Nordstrom pay to have you post something. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things that brands are looking for right now is engagement and community. Um, So my biggest thing is just making people feel more comfortable and confident in their natural hair and what that looks like. Um, And everybody's hair does something a little differently. But I think for the longest time, people had this vision of what good hair looks like Mm -hmm. when really good hair is healthy hair. And however it grows out of your head, that is good hair. Um, And I think that it was still, we're still kind of in a space where people have not really come to embrace what that looks like, or maybe they've seen a lot more people doing it in bigger spaces. So in corporate America or, you know, in these big beauty campaigns and they're like, wow, okay, this is something that people are embracing and I want to try that too. And so I think in having those type of conversations, brands sort of gravitate towards that kind of community that you can have that relationship with your um your online community i think that's really what brings them to me because i actually haven't even started pitching yet um for that's the most am- part wh- yeah so wait, all, all these brands have come to you yeah that's amazing yeah so when they've come to you are they relying on you to create everything from inception So I think they used to, but now these um, social brand teams are huge. I mean, they have content briefs now. They have sort of an idea of what what kind of story they want you to tell. Um, But then it's also up for your interpretation. It's sort of like this is this is a product that we want to put out there. And this is kind of, you know, how we want to do it. Here's some examples of the look. Um, But then really it's up for your creative interpretation has there been one that you've liked more or like felt like okay well maybe this one I have a little bit more freedom or I know exactly what I want to do and it's turned out really great I think with video projects those are my favorite ones to do um so there's a natural hair brand called as I am um and they released a new line that's uh for scalp care and so I had a lot of fun with that one because I got to sort of like I want it. I envisioned it as sort of like a commercial and I'm like very extra when it comes to video (laughs) editing. So I'm like, let me just jazz this up a little bit. Um, So I really, I I think anytime I have a chance to make a video in collaboration with a brand that gives me a little bit more creative control than just a flat image. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the videos on your YouTube page, Mm -hmm. I got to ask, because I'm sure some people are like, how does she do it? Do you make them all by yourself? Are they I all do. self-productions? You edit them? You shoot them? I do all of it. I, you have any help? I have not had any help on my YouTube videos at all. That's fantastic. Thank you. I'm impressed. <laughs> so when you get... Because here's the thing is like I worked at the NFL and I started as a producer editor. Like someone the other day, I was like, I didn't know you were an editor. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how you start. Mm-hmm. 
Is that something that you've learned from a prior job or prior experiences, how to edit, or is it something that you also like self-taught yourself? Yeah, it's all self-taught. So I spent a lot of time just looking up, um, you know, all the reviews on different cameras, lenses. When I see a video that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with this. They did such a great job. Then I'm going into like research mode on YouTube. So YouTube has taught me so much me about. Too. Yeah, like camera settings, yep. um, not only the equipment, but like the impact of lighting and then your settings for like shutter speed, ISO, like how do you get this cinematic effect? So I just really became like engulfed in this space and learning how to kind of create beautiful videos and just started kind of experimenting. That's awesome. Yeah. I noticed that on your, so I actually, when I came to one of Katie's classes, I noticed that you guys have this little community, mm-hmm. like that, that, like some of them are, you guys are all sort of Instagram influencers or like influencers within your space. Now, is there any way that you can maybe elaborate on that sort of relationship? Cause I, I mean, some there's more followers than other, but like, how do you guys, do you guys lean on each other? Do you guys collaborate and do bigger things? Like, what is that? Cause like, that's very unique to have a community that you can just Hey, like sort of reach out. And also they're in the same vein too right. as, you, as you. Yeah. So when I came out to LA, um, about two years ago, like I had an idea of who was already here and had a couple of connections, but not many. Uh, I think really what it comes down to in creating sort of your tribe of people who are in the same space as you is really friendship and relationship first. Um, So, you know, a lot of the relationships with um, people who are in the influencer space have just like grown over time and it's really like your willingness to help out with something or when you get together, it's, you know, adding value or like, how can I help you or what do I know that I think would be Mm -hmm. useful? Um, And so then it's maybe like starts off as shooting photos together and then just going out and grabbing lunch and then talking strategy just really naturally. And then that just kind of develops into you know, shared interest and goals and then just really growing as a community that way. So everything has happened really organically. So you said you knew some people did Mm -hmm. those people that you knew when you came out here, did you kind of meet them through the community? Yeah. So I, I, um, one of my good friends that I actually share with Katie, um, is Renee. So she is like the connector of our group. (laughs) She is so amazing. And, um, I think one thing that she does a really great job is in just introducing people and kind of cultivating community. And then I think relationships just happen really naturally after that. Actually, one of the first things I asked you, because I, I think everyone doesn't know what they really do. To be honest with you, some people don't know what I do during the day. Like we were talking about, just because I have my own company now, they're like, oh, well, do you, you know, I do other stuff. I do other, other freelance work. I also, you know, networking, do a full-time job. And is that something like, or like, how does that balance with this life that you have? Yeah, so I started my career, um, oh my gosh, and I think it's been six years ago, um, working in the corporate space in um, anything from, you know, small business consulting, from advertising um, benefits, and also on the financial side too. Um, So I was in the consulting world for a long time, and it was something I was able to really learn, like the ins and outs of business, how to you know, add value to smaller businesses who might be working on smaller budgets. From my experience in working in the blogging world, I was like, I wonder if one day I'm like, how can I use my creative skills that I've been able to hone 
and that I'm way more excited about than, you know, talking about how to shelter your tax dollars, which I think is really, <laughs> it's really valuable to know those things, but it's not, not something that, you know, would spark joy for me um, to do every day. And so I was like, okay, uh, I have this hobby that I've created that is something that I really love doing. How can I take this into my professional life? Um, so then last year, um, a friend reached out to me about an opportunity um, as to work as a head of marketing for a startup. Um, and it sounded amazing and would allow me to use a lot of you know my skills that I've learned from my YouTube and Google education and <laughs> uh, take it over to, to work. And I actually did major in marketing, but I, my career just kind of took yeah. me elsewhere. Um, so I actually was able to show her my, you know, my website and my YouTube channel and say, you know, this is the, what I've been able to build online on my own. This is something I've done very part time, but I'd love to, you know, be able to do this for your company. These, this is kind of how I would go about it. And, um, so for the past year we had worked together, um, and we were able to do a lot of amazing things and then kind of. Fast forward, um, my business has gotten to a point where I was starting to feel comfortable to shift it to full-time. So now I am working full-time for myself. Woo! Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. The work-life balance. Yeah, it's challenging. It's definitely challenging, but I really think it's all about doing as, as much as you can until you kind of reach that threshold and then it's, you know, deciding what yeah. you're going to do next. What's been the most challenging part? Like you speak of challenges, but what's been the most challenging part of, let's say your process just with, just with social media and maybe outside of social trying to get to this place? Yeah. So as I'm sure you're aware, video editing takes a long time. <laughs> um, and yep. I think in the YouTube world, it's very, uh, it's really based on consistency as far as how you're able to grow. And I did get to a point where I didn't want to put out videos because I knew that I wasn't able to offer the consistency that it requires to be on there. I didn't want to release a video like once a month or every two or three months. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. It's just not really what I wanted to do and kind of what my vision was for it. Instagram is a whole nother business on its own too. So when that started to pick up, I kind of seeing how all these pieces come together and then also running marketing for another business is, you know, a whole nother beast and having to do video editing for them and paid marketing campaigns. So then it's two creative worlds that are very similar, but deciding like which, which one do I really like want to give my all to. And, um, at this time I really want to, you know, take a risk on my business. Yeah, I know yeah. it's hard. Like you almost have X amount of creative juices. Yeah. You can yeah. use a day. Mm-hmm. I, That's totally true. Yeah. And it's not fair. It's not fair for the business you want to run or that the business that you, or the company that you are working for yeah. in order to do yeah, that. Yeah, I think so too. And then, you know, it, it starts to appear in your work too, where you, you have a high standard for the work that you produce. And if you're not able to do that, then it's, you know, you kind of lose your momentum and that's what I really wanted to avoid. And I know, I know it's a normal part of the creative process, but, um, I think there, there is a point most people where you do have to decide, like, am I going full time or am I a pro at living two lives? And I'm not. (laughs) Are your other friends, are they also pros at living two lives? Um, I think for the most part, uh, a lot of my friends, I mean, I, I really think they're so inspiring and a lot of them are 
able to commit to you know their whole online world and the brand that they've been able to build they're able to live that so uh, a lot of people are doing it full-time I do still know a handful of people who work full-time as well um, but some people also have part-time jobs where they're able to do that and I think that seems to be the most manageable way to work while also building your own brand yeah outside of your close community like what other people or other brands have helped inspire you I really think the natural hair community has grown so much and to see how they've been able to boom and really like be on the same platform as a lot of these bigger kind of legacy brands mm -hmm. has been amazing and that's because the community that that we have has just grown so much and it's so supportive and that's also more dollars in their pockets so they're able to reinvest that into really making some differences in the community and continue the message that I think we wanted to start online. Has there ever been a situation where a company has approached you and you just do not believe in the product? And you are like, oh, yeah. Every oh, day. It, has, it has to, right? <laughs> Every day. So what's, what's, a, what's a typical, okay, maybe that was a typical response. Don't want to bluff, you know, don't want to pull up the, all the cards out. But I mean, because that's tough. It's tough to say, hey, I don't believe in what your product is because it's damaging, right? Yeah. So like you must have sort of a spiel. Um, maybe yeah so I would just keep it you know really simple and brief and because you know maybe there is a market for what somebody has but it's just not me um, or it's not the community that I'm trying to serve so it's just you know I don't think that um, or you know thank you mm -hmm. for reaching out with the opportunity I don't believe that this product or service um, is really aligned with my brand at this time um, but you know, if in the future there, and if there's not something in the future, there's no point in saying that, yeah. but you know, if there's any opportunities that kind of are aligned with what I'm doing and you know, you can talk about your service or whatever, you know, please feel free to reach back out. <laughs> Have a great day. Respect. <laughs> yeah. It's respect because I, there's somebody who's going to buy whatever you're selling. Well, you, I mean, hopefully, um, <laughs> And if it's not you, then it's beneficial to make that clear to the brand and also to have those boundaries with yeah. your own. You have a really engaging community. It's one of the things um, I love about following you. Is it something where you have to, you like, your major thing is I'm going to comment on everyone that comments. For me, like, a lot of people talk about having to create and how hard it is to create these communities. So, like, how is it that you create and cultivate that? But also, like, for the future, like, how are you trying to plan for that in the future? In having a, an engaged community, it's really just about trying to establish a relationship. And I think that it should be something that feels organic because I think people can smell when something isn't authentic <laughs> and it feels forced. But if you're passionate about what you're talking about, then there's somebody who's probably passionate about that too. So then in creating that community, it's, you know, engaging with people who are, you know, also on the other side who are creating something that, you know, you, that resonates with you and communicating, you know, letting them know, like, I'm here with you, or I totally feel that. And I think the more you do that, then that also kind of brings people into your world too. And if there's something that resonates with them, they might comment. And it's just that consistent communication. It is challenging to comment back to everybody because, you know, I've seen it and I'm like, I, there has to be like, first of all, there's no way XYZ is commenting on every single person that's coming back. Like there's a person. Maybe with a lot of bigger people. I won't name names. Yeah. But oh, they, yeah. For bigger people, they definitely have that. But I think one thing that's tricky with Instagram is once a post is not your most recent post. 
then you don't see those notifications pop up to the top as much. And, you know, I could go back to a picture from like a month or two ago and there, you know, might be like 10 new comments on it. And you're like, oh, I I didn't see that. Yeah. So it's just keeping tabs on newest comments that yeah. come in but it, it gets challenging after a while have you seen because so you have this community have you seen um like a transformation with some of the people that like are you know constantly coming to you and engaging with you like i know oh, a lot of people yeah y- yeah? yeah i mean it, are you talking about the community like people in the community like you know they're in your community but mm-hmm. like taking to the next level of maybe you guys became closer friends because you've dm but or maybe like they've actually taken your advice yeah and they've shown you hey i took your advice on xyz product and i'm obsessed with it yeah here are the photos i love those i and i have like relationships with people who are part of the community now where you know they'll send me a picture of like oh my gosh graduation day I made it and I wore my hair curly and they'll send me a picture and I'm like oh my gosh I'm so proud (laughs) because you know they might have started off you know with me early on like two years ago three years ago I have um one of my I don't like to say follower like internet friend um that lives in I think she lives in Morocco and she has been so supportive since like day one. Like she's usually like one of the first that to comment on a video yeah. on YouTube or like she just always shows love and then also touches base like, okay, so these products aren't available where I live. What would you recommend out of this list? Just showing me like different stages in her journey. And now she's at her like full beautiful hair and you know, just checking in every now and then. And I, I love that. I think it's really special that, you know, people can feel confident to embrace their hair, but also their, you know, naturally curly hair because in certain parts of the world, you're going to find yourself amongst people who don't have hair like this. Um, and if they do, they definitely don't wear it that way. And it's all about assimilation. Um, so when people can kind of break out of that mentality, it's so powerful. And that's really what kind of started and kind of kept my momentum going yeah. with this. So you're on your own. Um, you haven't been on your own for that long. Yeah. Fresh. Yeah. Um, fresh like, to, like yesterday. <laughs> day two. Okay. Yeah. What's been your favorite part of your journey outside of being able to step on your own because that obviously is a huge accomplishment I know I have really big and favorite moments that have helped get me there has there been one or two yeah I really think just you know getting messages from people who say that they've watched my how I transition story and now they're ready to go after it and having like doing that sort of inner work where people you know have follow-up questions and so it doesn't just end there and just continuing the communication afterwards like okay I have this big event coming up and I don't really you know I don't feel confident what would you recommend for like how I wear my hair this way and hair seems and sounds like something that's so small but really it is something that can no, I mean, it make or break confidence. It's sometimes. not okay. Let me tell you this. I am one of those people that have had like ten odd jobs in my life, and one of them I used to be a receptionist at a hair salon. So I'll oh, be, I I know way too much about hair. It's yeah, and also like that. Also knew I'm a very great multitasker because that job was very easy for mm-hmm. me. Um, 
And one of the reasons why I found my hairstylist was because I knew the brand of hair color that I only worked on my hair. And that's how, like, I'm hyper-specific, I know. Yeah. Very. And hair is so, I mean, it's so intricate. Everybody's hair is different. Um, and just being able to, you know, have those conversations, make people feel empowered enough to take their hair into their own hands. Like, I cut my own hair on the way to this. Like... <laughs> And I, I mean, I should have probably asked a professional, but I'm like, don't trust anybody. I've had too many bad experiences. I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to take this process into my hands. And I also want people to be aware that this is something that they can do too. And if they don't feel confident to be the one, then like this is the person that you need to take care of that. You cut your own hair before this? Yeah. Now, so now I have, um, the last two times I've had my hair properly cut have been by professionals and they're amazing. But yeah, on the journey onto it, I was literally like, I would just have a pair of scissors. Sometimes if there were like a couple of straight pieces, I'm like, I'm ready to let you go. And then, yeah, I think it took me about a year and a half or two years to, transition my hair from being straight damaged like all, all the damage yeah. to curly and yeah that's okay, crazy so. I mean, yeah well, hair is like a religion i so i can fully appreciate okay, and understand that you, you get it you get it oh yeah i mean i stay with the same person who cut and colored my hair for probably like eight or so years and then yeah. it took me and when i saw so i moved out here um in 2012 and I, ta- I would time out when I would go home. Oh, yeah. To when absolutely. I could get my hair cut and colored. Because I didn't trust anybody out here. And it took me probably eight months to a year to find. So I've been living here for almost a year and I hadn't found someone to cut my hair. Um, and for me, like, you can you can deal with a bad cut. But, like, for me, when you mess with the color and oh, the no. shape, like, it is Because that's also the health of your hair, too. 100%. Yeah, and those relationships, to me, are relationships. Like, I'm very loyal to hairstylists. Like, I went to the same girl from high school. After one bad experience, I found somebody that helped me repair my hair. And I was with her from, like, 10th grade through the time I graduated from college. And then I, like, started moving around. It took me probably right until... I actually was about to leave Chicago until I found somebody <laughs> who I was willing to give my curls over to. And then um, now I've been in L.A. for two years uh, at the beginning of next month. And I just went to somebody here in March. Like, that was my first time going to someone in L.A. So, Ooh. yeah, it's like you, you got to hand it over. But that's also <laughs> the power of Instagram um, is that's how we find people now. So if you are a hairstylist or if you are in just a service industry in general, know what your hashtags are so that people can find you. Because I had a girl actually um, reach out to me saying that she wanted to try getting braids for the first time. Um, and so I sent her some like pictures and details, things she needed to know. And she's like, okay, um, I'm going to be in Milwaukee. Like, do you know somebody? And I've never been to Milwaukee before, but I was like, let me just do what I do quickly. And just typed in Milwaukee braiders and found like a couple people who looked like they had good pages and sent them over. And that's, I mean, that's what you have to be able to do is like, know, know how to allow people to find you. Um, and you know, Instagram is so powerful. Have you, so I haven't had this yet and I'm very nervous for when it does. Uh, I lied. There is some, like my parents, um, at times, have you ever encountered people, maybe not in your work life, but maybe out in the world and they don't use social and you have to explain that to them? Um, yes, I, but I really think that it's more so like family members, but 
I think people are, they're getting it now. It's so weird of like a couple of years ago, they would be like, I don't, I don't understand. Or, you know, how do you even get followers or like, how do you get paid from this? And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about how the whole process works, but it's, um, you know, really just describing that like Instagram now is just a really powerful extension of how we've consumed media in the past. And it's changing so much like every single day. I think people are are slowly understanding and if they have any real specific questions, then I'm happy to answer them. But most of the time they're just like, okay, weird, like cool, good for you. (laughs) Okay, so I have to ask because I think everybody has a story. Mm -hmm. I'm confident that you'll have one. Do you have a do for the gram story? Like, Mm. that you potentially borderline embarrassed to say, or maybe like, okay, I had to go with my friend and we did this, or we had to stand in the middle of the street, or things like that, that are borderline, well, I can't believe I did that, but I did it, and I did it for the gram. Yeah, ugh. I really think, like, some of the do it for the gram things, like, you get so used to it. It's like photo shoots in the middle of the street or, like, a high-traffic area. Ooh, I have one, actually a good one. We were uh, downtown. Um, I was with a photographer, and where was it? I think it was near, like, the broad area. Um, is that how you pronounce it? The broad. It? The broad. I was like, that didn't sound right. <laughs> um, we were near the broad, and... Uh, It was a pretty low traffic day, but I think it was on a Saturday and we got eventually got kicked out. Um, Just we were shooting and trying to be as inconspicuous as possible. And we got a warning and then we're like, okay, totally fine. Like just mosey on over here, try to get a couple more shots. And then we were confronted and were, yeah, told to remove ourselves from the premises. It's fine. Yeah. If that's the worst you got, it's not bad. You, 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 yeah, you've done pretty good. Yeah. But it's like, you know, if you have photo shoots on the side of the road and people are walking past and they're just like, what's going on here? But I don't even think it's embarrassing anymore. It's just like it's normal, life. commonplace. It's yeah. life in today's, today's world. Yeah, so, yeah. I know. I go to Disneyland quite a bit and a lot of my friends have progressively teased me less. But at like at first they'd be like, You're just doing this for Instagram. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, like, I am. I, I don't care. <laughs> it's fine. I also do it because I like alcohol. I mean, or I like yeah. I like treats. <laughs> Leave me alone. But it's totally fine. And um, yeah, you always have to get like multiple shots too. So before, you know, a beautiful meal, everybody is like hovering over the table, <laughs> getting their pictures in and everyone's looking like gross but it's fine it's fine you know you gotta get the shot you don't really care what anybody else thinks you know it's it's all you know yeah so what's next what's next for i mean you're you have literally the world like like you're ready you know it's all you so what's next i'm excited i um am really just crafting plans at the moment to kind of i mean i definitely want to ramp back up the content um and continue to put out videos and definitely do that on a higher level but also right now I'm just working on plans to kind of take this and shift it offline to do more in-person um really like mentorships and growing with people in the community um and uh really just helping make this feel like not such a individualistic experience and really get out into the community and understand you know what younger generations are facing and how we can help 
you know, and bring these conversations in, in person. So um, that's what I'm working that's on That's amazing. Right now. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. So, well, I appreciate having you on. Thank you so much for having me. It's really, really great to it. actually, you know, get to spend some time with you. Yeah. That brief moment eating cake and drinking Mimosas yes. oh at um, King's class. Was so Need good. to do that again. Yeah. Cake first. Cake, cake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social Media Unlocked. Please take a moment to review this podcast in the iTunes store. If you want to learn more about me and my social media experience, go to www.heather.pink or find me on Instagram at heatherpink27. And if you're looking for help in creating a social media department, or building a social media brand, my consulting agency Pink Deer is here to help. Visit www.pinkdeerllc.com for more info.